0: From the pain, taking my message from the veins Speaking my lesson from the
1: brain Seeing the beauty through the... Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Section 138, a weekly Blue Jay podcast. As always, I'm Mark Holly from 360 Blue Jays News and Bluebird Banter. Uh, We are joined by Blue Jay Center and everything Blue Jays. Uh, Again, we don't have Blue Jays Nation with us this week because he is luckily on vacation or lucky for him not lucky for us i guess uh and today we'll be bantering about kendry Morales, maybe trading him in the future we'll also be talking a lot about the blue jays system uh how it's been doing really well lately surprisingly uh compared to what it was ranked to at the beginning of the season and last year Um, we'll also talk about the wild card race but before we get to all that uh we wanted to talk about Everything Blue Jays. He went to Chicago over the weekend to see the Blue Jays play the Chicago Cubs. What was that like?
0: Well, yeah. First of all, um, that was um, it was it was an awesome weekend. It was a very you know, city of Chicago is very beautiful. Um, you know, obviously the Jays getting swept didn't help. And um, yeah, so I was there for Saturday and Sunday, and you know, on Sunday, uh, probably I had to, and of course with my luck, I had to experience probably one of the worst innings or probably the worst thing this season which wasn't good, you know, just, it was just terrible, I don't even want to talk about it, but yeah, you know, Wrigley Field, spectacular, and this is the first uh, game I saw that wasn't at the Rogers Centre, so I'm very proud that, you know, my first game out of Toronto was at Wrigley Field, and I'm just proud that I've been there, Uh, you know, I've been there, and you know, they got a lot of stuff that's pretty cool over there, you know, the the famous Chicago, uh, famous welcome to Wrigley, home of Chicago Cubs sign, uh, just outside the ballpark, which is very cool, you know, just like the, the little stuff they do during the game is pretty cool. The, the, the traditional seventh-inning stretch that Harry Carey uh, started before he passed away. And now, you know, they have guests, uh, guest singers that sing, uh, take me out to the ball game. And on Saturday, it was Don Cherry. Uh, for all those, you know, um, hockey analysts on CBC. And on Sunday, it was the Cubs great. I just don't remember his name. Um, and, you know, yeah, and obviously um, the, w, the famous W flag when they win, obviously... It was not very good to see, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't very good to listen to "Go Cubs, Go" the two uh, the two days I was there. But yeah, um, it's just pretty cool what they got over there, and I'm very proud to say that I've finally been to Wrigley Field. Even though, the, you know, the Jays probably ruined the weekend for me, but it was just pretty cool, uh, spectacular, being there as well. Uh, one of my favorite things to, that I saw it too was the um, the old famous scoreboard that they have there in center field, the Handmaid's scoreboard that they. Used without any electricity or anything which is pretty cool but yeah it was it was definitely a fun weekend and just as well as the ivy in the outfield is I actually found out yesterday after doing some research about the ivy that uh Wrigley Field is the only ballpark without any padding in the outfield and it also reminded me to uh, after Pilar's insane catch to look at that because I looked closely and I didn't really realize the brick wall behind the ivy until I, I looked closely but yeah just a lot of cool stuff at Wrigley Field and I really enjoyed it you mentioned uh, the center
2: field uh, scoreboard. Uh, when I went there in 2015, they were playing the Giants and you know the Jays were in New York for a big series. And we just kept looking at the scoreboard to see the Jays score. Uh, it was very nerve wracking. Really didn't focus much on the early part of the game until the Jays were up like big and uh, I can just relax now. Uh, it's weird because Wrigley was in a residential area. So it's, it's new to see because in Rogers Center, it's all like downtown buildings, but-
0: Yeah, Wrigley's really completely right- out of downtown. Yeah. 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 Houses.
2: Yeah.
0: It's same with, um, you know, guaranteed rate field when you're going down on the uh, Chicago skyway, it's right off the highway right before you enter downtown. Yeah. So you, um, you mentioned the uh, scoreboard as well. I I was looking, you know, during, um, was it Sunday? It it was, yeah, I think it was Sunday. I was looking at Boston and New York and I was specifically looking at the score, but then I, what I really wanted to know was, uh, if Aaron judge struck out. So it, Maybe Wrigley will soon add the strikeout count for judge on the scoreboard when the Yankees play. Every team uh, should do that. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to do when I went down to Wrigley, look at the Steve Bartman seat. And if for all of you who don't know who Steve Bartman is, he was, you know, a, a diehard Cubs fan who showed up. Uh, what year? It was the playoff day? game. What year oh, was it? 03. 03. Oh, yeah, 2003. The Chicago Cubs were playing the Florida Marlins at the time. And there was a play that happened late in the game where there was a foul ball and a, if uh, you guys... It was a fly ball. Yeah, fly ball. And it, w- it was in foul territory. And it was up the left field line. And then at Wrigley Field, and there's bricks. When sort of like um, like a brick sidewall. And Bartman was sitting at the edge of it. And he pretty much interfered with the fly ball, uh, making it unable for Cubs left fielder to Moises, catch it. Moises Alou. There you go. And uh, a lot of, he was taking a lot of heat for that. And then... You know, the Cubs end up losing that game, and he's been out of the public since. He's never been back to Wrigley since, as he went through um, he went through hell. And, you know, he's been invited, actually, the past couple of years to wild car- – um, a couple years ago, when the Cubs were playing the Pirates in a wild card game in Pittsburgh, Bartman was invited. He said no. He, he was also invited to a World Series game last year in Chicago. He said no. And he also – yeah, he received the World Series ring from last year. But, yeah, he's been out of the public since. And the poor guy probably did what anyone else would have done, uh, was try and catch a fly ball if it was near your seat. So, yeah, and and going back to that game, people don't really realize or they don't really focus on uh, the bullpen collapsing in that game as well. And another game later in the series that they had a chance to win. But anyways, I wanted to go to the seat, which and at the time it was aisle 4, row 8, seat 113. But when I went there, I found out that they actually completely removed the Bartman seat in left field, which I thought was kind of weird and they completely extended the area because he was at the edge of the seat, and they probably added about another four or five seats to the right of him, or to the right of that seat. So yeah, and I'm sure that chair is completely gone as well, or that seat. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed to know that uh, the Bartman seat was actually gone, but I'm sure it's been gone for uh, a while now, but I just haven't, I didn't really see it, um, or I didn't really find out until now. But yeah, pretty much just recapping. uh, Yeah, Wrigley Field spectacular, and I pretty much recommend to everyone Everyone that in some time in their, in some point in their life, they go down to see a Cubs game.
1: Yeah. I've never been to Wrigley Field, unfortunately, but I have been to Fenway Park. Uh, Fenway Park, uh, from my experience, isn't all that great. It's really congested. Um, Obviously, it's really old and it's really unique on the field with the green monster, obviously, and then the the short uh, wall in right field where so many home runs go out. Yeah. And the pesky pole. Yeah. Uh, So, the field is really interesting, and that's good. And the seats are, are pretty well good, although there are some parts where you can literally buy a seat in front of a pole, like the pesky pole, which is awful. Uh, but the actually behind the seats and the in the concourse and stuff, it's all really crowded, especially with the popularity of the team there. Uh, it's, it, it's not nice it, from my experience. Although I would say that my favorite park that I've been to is – uh, progressive field in Cleveland.
2: Yeah, it's both Wrigley and Fenway, and i got to agree, uh, Fenway Park, uh, it's a really cool experience, but uh, I, I have to go with Wrigley. I think Wrigley's a much better stadium. Uh, and you mentioned the pole thing. You can do that at Wrigley, too. I've seen a lot of seats right in front of a pole, and uh, I just don't know how uh, fans just pay that much money for a ticket just to see an iron steel bar. So it's pretty funny. It's not that like you see at Rogers Center. It's more of a baseball... Old feel, and uh, I've never been to Progressive, but I have been to Comerica Park at least 10 times, and it's uh, my favorite stadium. Just
0: Yeah, uh, next year I'm looking to probably go to Fenway Park. Obviously, I've never been, I've only been to Wrigley and the Rogers Center. Pretty cool experience, and probably, you know, if the Jays aren't in Boston at all next summer, you know, I definitely would consider going to either Cleveland or Detroit. But yeah, those are probably. Two backup plans. But yeah, Fenway is probably next on my uh, radar for my next ballpark.
1: So uh, moving on to our actual topic for today, uh, after a bit of banter, we're going to be talking about the system, Toronto Blue Jays uh, minor league system. Uh, Specifically, Danny Jansen, as of late, um, he is hitting 500. Through 12 games at the AAA level. Um, that's 18 for 36. Obviously a tiny sample size, um, but he did hit 291 in 52 games with the Double A New Hampshire Fishercats and 369 in 31 games with the Dunedin Blue Jays. Um, so he's been really hot. Uh, last night in particular, he was a double shy of the cycle in his last at-bat. He did not reach the cycle, but he kind of one-upped it And he hit a home run. That was the second home run of the game. He ended uh, four for four, two home runs, um, and obviously four hits. Uh, And that was his second such game of that like that in the season, which is just crazy to think about how good he has been this season. Um, And it's starting – to reach the point where you could consider him maybe as a September call-up, which is crazy to think about where he started the season, but he is Toronto's number 18 prospect. Um, He has skyrocketed through the system, and he is at AAA, so he's really close, Um, and he is a catcher, which the Blue Jays need right now. So in short, do you guys think um, that that Danny could be called up um, in September or even before then, Um, but probably as a September call-up? Do you guys think he could be a September call up
2: um i sure hope that he can possibly be a september call-up mainly because uh i think the biggest bridge that you can cross when you're going through the minor leagues is getting from double a to triple a once you've made that leap you're right around the corner from the majors um i think that if he were to be brought up it would be a good audition for him because you're looking at the backup catcher situation next year to russ martin uh you really have no one the backup catcher right now is miguel montero he's going to be a free agent um he's almost certain to leave at the end of the year i'm not sure the jays are interested in bringing him back anyway um so i think next year will probably be uh a year where you know russell martin's the starting catcher again uh but after that russell martin will going will be going into his fifth year as the back as this as in, in his fifth year in this contract with the blue jays uh by then i think he'll be 33 34 something around that area so uh, i think it's fair game after next year uh to who's going to be the starting catcher uh you look at the um uh, the blue jays prospect list uh danny jansen is the second ranked catcher on the prospect list behind max pentecost although i think max pentecost is a year or two away from jansen so i think that the bridge the main bridge that the blue jays want to cross is once russell martin's contract is up you can need a catcher to bridge russell martin to pentecost so i think Uh, The Blue Jays see Danny Jansen as that kind of guy that can bridge them over, Uh, but I think it's evident that they like Max Pentecost uh, better than they do Jansen. Uh, The league likes him better. He's got better uh, skills, and even though Jansen's having a better year, uh, I I think that uh, Danny Jansen could easily be a backup catcher next year and maybe a starter for the Jays
0: after that. Yeah, Um, yeah, this is the first year that we've actually pretty much uh, seen the Blue Jays catching depth on the major league level. You know, uh, the past two years, Russell Martin's been on the team. The only backup catchers we've seen uh, since he's been with the team is Josh Tolley and DeAndre Navarro. But yeah, this year, they've gone through a whole whack of catchers. You know, Mike Ullman, um, Rafi Lopez, Miguel Montero, Luke Maile. Jarosol Flamacchio. Yep. That didn't work out well. Yeah, he started the year and then he was released before the end of April. And um, I definitely think that Rafi Lopez needs to go, um, you know, he, I don't want to, you know. You saw it first hand. Yeah, what I don't want to point fingers. Yeah, Sunday, I had to witness that. You know, I just don't think he belongs on a major league um, roster right now. And I really do think Danny Jensen should get a chance. But I don't think he'll get a chance this year just because of the Luke Maly news that I actually looked at this morning and I found out that it was actually something quiet. And I don't know if you guys heard about this, but – on August 17th, this past uh, what was it, this past Thursday, the Blue Jays actually sent Luke Maley on a rehab assignment to Dunedin. So he's currently with Dunedin and he's been DH'ing for them. I guess he's played a couple games. So I obviously, you know, the people that like Luke Maley, that's a good sign. So I just think that, you know, if Luke Maley is healthy, he will be the third catcher in September. If Russell Martin is healthy, but if Russell Martin is still in the DL but by that time. I think your three cadres in September will be Luke Maley, Miguel Montero, and Danny Jansen. But uh, next year for sure, next spring, obviously Danny Jansen will get a lot of time uh, in games. So he definitely has a shot next year. But yeah, just because of this Luke Maley news, um, I just think that uh, he might have to wait until next year. But again, it it also can depend on the the status of Russell Martin by September.
1: I think previously we have seen uh, the Blue Jays have a willingness to – promote players who potentially are still developing we saw um Anthony Alford come up of course it didn't end well uh when he got injured but you know I I think when Luke Maley is healthy um if he is healthy by the end of the season like you said he, he is on a rehab stint uh right now and who knows how long he'll take to get back um but if he does get back in time uh, before September call-ups, I think he will be the third catcher on Toronto's roster. Uh, without a doubt, He his defense makes up for whatever offense he's lacking, uh, and he's not actually lacking that much. Um, if you look at him compared to other Blue Jay catchers like Mike Ullman and Rafi Lopez. Uh, but I still think with the amount, with the extra 15 roster spots that you get in September, there's no reason... Uh, not to call up Danny Jansen. Like, who else are you going to call up? You could, yeah. I mean, you're going to obviously going to call up pitching because the bullpen is awful right now. Uh, you're going to call up some some outfield help, uh, some infield help. We saw in the Blue Jay series in Chicago that they were struggling to find infielders when they put uh, Bautista at third, Donaldson at uh, shortstop. Uh, that did have to play with uh, National League rules and stuff, but. I think he will come up at some point this season only because there are so many free spots um, and there's really no reason not to call him up.
0: Yeah. You don't typically see uh, four catches on a, a roster by September, but I mean, if the Jays are willing to do it and they definitely have the room to do it, uh, I guess why not? But yeah, you just, you don't really typically see that you see three catches, but you know, who knows what can happen. Uh, if you know, the Jays right now are five out of a wild card spot. So, why not, you know, see what you got in September uh, if they're completely out of it? Yeah, I would like uh, Danny Jansen to be brought up if the Jays
2: are completely out of it. I mean, you look at Miguel Montero. He's a veteran. He's not going to stay with the club long. These They don't need him because it's not like he's having a great year by any means, but it's not like uh, he's really there to help with anything because the Jays are already out of it. I'd like, much rather see an audition for Danny Jansen rather than just uh, waste all this time you could give a kid uh, to prepare for the major leagues next year on basically a catcher who's not even going to be here for a fraction of the future.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, you don't want to waste the opportunity on someone who uh, really won't matter for the Blue Jays next season or, or even past that. Um, elsewhere in the system, there's a lot going on, a lot of good stuff. Surprisingly, well, things are kind of falling apart at the major league level. Um, below it, things are going really well obviously we've talked before about uh vlad guerrero jr um he's doing really well um he's always doing well um Ooh, we've talked about Bo Bouchette. He's kind of cooled off a bit, but he's still a, a wonderful player for the Blue Jays. Uh, but elsewhere, um, Anthony Alford, um, he really hasn't missed a beat since returning from his injury. He's uh, collected a hit in 13 consecutive games, which is tied for the Fisher Cats' record right now. He's in double-A, um, and he's the third overall prospect for the Blue Jays. We were just talking about September call-ups. Do you think Alford has any chance of coming up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw Alfred be brought up uh, earlier uh, this year obviously that was because of an injury uh, it was more of an emergency situation a panic move for them uh, I would like to see Anthony Alfred be brought up because uh, right now you're looking at uh, not only for this year but Anthony Alfred is going to play a huge role next year uh, for the Blue Jays you're looking at uh, you, we're assuming that Jose Bautista is not going to resign, uh, there's no way the Jays will be willing to pay that mutual option, he will become a free agent I don't see why uh, the Jays would want to bring him back uh, next year, after he's having a really terrible year this year, uh, definitely not a Jose Bautista year. Uh, I assume right now in the depth chart, you'd probably have Teoscar Hernandez, who the Jays just picked up from the Astros. As we all know, we've talked about him on uh, two previous episodes, I believe. Uh, he's set to be the starting right fielder as of today. Should Bautista get injured? Uh, but I personally, I I see uh, Anthony Alford as the top top outfielder in this whole system. And uh, I'd much rather see him than Hernandez, which there's no knock on him. right? I think Teos Hernandez is a wonderful player. And I think that he sh- will get a start, a chance to start for the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't know it will be. I think it will be the beginning of next year. But ultimately, I see Anthony Alford as uh, being the right fielder long term because I just think that the this organization values him so much more than they do Hernandez and Dwight Smith and all the outfield depth they have. So I really hope that I see Alford in – Uh, this year especially like the Montero situation how you're not going to need him for next year I kind of see that and unfortunately I have to say this I kind of see that with Jose Bautista I don't really see him as part of the future so I'd much rather if the Jays are out of it just give some auditions to some guys who uh have a chance to be really good for this team uh
0: later on in the future yeah I definitely think that Anthony Alford uh should get a call uh you know going back to last September the call-ups the outfielder that were good the call-ups were uh Siciliani Sicilianian and um Sorry, uh, Dalton Pompey, and they're both done for the year. They're on the sixty-day DL. And you know, other than those guys, you got you know Dwight Smith Jr. You have, uh, as Blue G Center mentioned, Teoscar Hernandez, and you also have Anthony Alfred. So yeah, I don't see why you don't call up Anthony Alfred. Um, yeah, he's definitely, uh, yeah, he's a top three prospect. So um, yeah, in a couple of years, I mean, Blue G Center pretty much nailed it. Yeah, Bautista's likely gone just because of his season. And, you know, Alfred could potentially uh, have a spot on the roster next year, either, e- either if it's on opening day or even during the season. But, yeah, I would love to see Anthony Alfred um, be called up in September too. It would just be pretty much fun to watch. And I definitely think it will probably lean towards if the Jays are out of it or if they're still in it. But if if they're completely out of it, I, I do see that there's a good chance of Anthony Alfred being called up.
1: More prospects. That are doing well. Carlos Ramirez in AAA, um, he's blowing away expectations as well, similar to Danny Jansen, uh, through 30, 33.2 innings with the Fishercats and the Bisons, he has not allowed an earned run. Yeah, which is just crazy to think about. Thirty-three innings. Uh, That's um, if you have. If he was a starter, obviously he's a reliever. If he was a starter, you're thinking about it. uh, Seven inning starts. You would go five starts without allowing an earned run five shutout seven inning starts. It's, it's crazy to think about how good he has been. And he struck out 39 over that span, which is works out to more than a strike of an inning, obviously. So he's been uh, amazing. Um, past that, uh, there are other prospects doing well. You have uh, Kevin Smith and Zach Jackson and Vladimir Guerrero jr. Three blue Jay prospects who were named to the MLB pipeline team of the week this week. Um, and then, Reese McGuire and Guerrero, Vlad Guerrero Jr. were both named uh, Player of the Weeks in their respective leagues. Um, Guerrero in high A Dunedin um, and McGuire in double A with the Fishcats. So really everything is looking up for the system right now, which is surprising um, given the state of the system previously. Uh, but I don't know whether it's something to do with Ross Atkins and and Mark Shapiro kind of turning things around. Um, it, from a leadership point of view, but things have definitely been going a lot better in in the organization. So uh, moving on from the system, uh, obviously it's really exciting to think about what's coming, but right now um, things aren't so bright. Uh, the The fruits of Toronto's labor um, aren't great so far this season. Uh, obviously they're in the wildcard race, kind of, uh, last I checked, they were five games back. Uh, they got, just got swept by the Cubs, which certainly didn't help them. Um, and they have seven teams in between them and the second wild card spot, uh, which is just a crazy, uh, a crazy kind of bridge to gap, I, I guess you would say. And and really, um, personally, I thought they might have had a chance. They were only three games back. There were a lot of teams in between, uh, but they. They had the momentum on their side. They had just done well against the Rays. They had taken three of four, if I remember correctly, um, and they were only three games back. They were kind of closing the gap. Other teams weren't performing so well, um, and then they went to Chicago. Things fell apart, uh, and all the other teams did well, which was which kind of it was the final nail in the coffin for them. Uh, so, in summary, do you guys think that the Blue Jays can? Make it back, can fight through those five games back, um, and and kind of gain momentum again and get back into the wild card race. Or do you think they're 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 out for good now?
0: Yeah. Uh, prior to this weekend, like you said, they were three games back of the second wild card spot, and they've pretty much been out of the division race all year. And obviously, that sweep this weekend against the Cubs didn't help. You know, they're five games out of a wild card spot now. I think uh, I think they're done. You know, I, I there was some hope. Uh, I agree with you. Three sixty had a little bit of hope inside, maybe, uh, you know, maybe that this could happen. This can actually happen, you know, especially because of how terrible this season's been. They just they've been hanging around in that wild card spot, you know, all season, and they've been up and down. Obviously, yeah, the closest they were a few days ago, three games, and now they're they've dropped to five. And you you mentioned all the teams they would have to leapfrog, but um, yeah, I'm not too optimistic or I'm not too hopeful about this I just I don't I think it's I, I don't think it can happen you know a lot of people can just debate it, it was never going to happen but stats wise they were technically still in it and uh, they're still in it now five I mean five games is still pretty tough and I just I don't think this team has appeals to anyone I don't think this team is dangerous to anyone I just think this is a team that. Is somehow luckily still in the playoff race? I don't know how. I don't even know if anyone knows how. But I just, I think now, I think it's, I think it's officially done. I just don't think you can be three games out of a wild card spot and go into a weekend series and just get swept, just like that. And all, all the errors that happen, all the miscues that happen, you know, on Sunday, that just you, proves that you can't do that. And you know, with the team the Jays have, it's just, it's not good enough. So, I, yeah, I'm not too um, pleased with where they are, and I, I think it's done. I'm, I think they're finished for this year.
2: This has been an extremely frustrating year to watch, and it's been especially frustrating because, as you mentioned, the Jays are somehow still in it after the fact that it's been a terrible year. They've never been 500 once all year. Uh, they might not ever get to 500. As it's looking right now, they probably won't ever get to the 500 mark, uh, assuming you know, they, have, they play to par uh, for the rest of this month and for – the month of September, but I think what's been this year extremely frustrating to watch is that we're you know going through stretches. You look at the sea Oh, they're only three games out. They're only four games out. Uh, I think uh, back in 2013 or 2012, those were, those were some really bad years. As of recent, of course, there were uh, over two decades of years where the Jays didn't make the playoffs. But um, I'm referring to those years because of uh, recent history. Uh, in those years, at this time in late August, the Jays would be somewhat. I think like 15, 20 games. Uh, Under 500, they'd be like 10 games out of a playoff spot. Uh, The second wild card had just been introduced. Uh, But what's weird about this year is that you know, you know, they're playing horrible baseball and they make you want to tear your head out. They're not exactly out of it, so you always are pretty much forced to watch them every single day Uh, because you know, even though you don't believe it, there's still a slight chance mathematically that they can make the playoffs. Uh, Season was over; it's officially over. Uh, I'm gonna hold back on that for a little bit. I'm gonna give them one week. Uh, you look at the next over the course of the next week. They play six games: three against Tampa, three against the Twins. And by the way, the Twins hold the second wild card spot. Five and one in this, and I don't see that happening. But if they can do that, and I think they have a legit shot in September because they're playing. They're both against teams that you're chasing in the wild card. the Jays somehow miraculously, uh, and I again, I don't think this is going to happen. But what if they sweep both these series, which is obviously a, like a huge ton task. To then all of a sudden you're looking at a 500 team and just who are currently the, a team in the playoff spot. And I look at all of these teams that are ahead of them. I mean, I'm not scared of the Rays, the, even the Rangers, the Royals, maybe Seattle, but teams at Seattle always has a good run and they lose four in a row or something like that. Uh, they don't have two of their best starters. So uh, I'm giving this team one week. If they don't have a good week, uh, I think they're just gonna be too far behind. And also, don't forget, they haven't played the Twins yet this year. So I think that six or seven games they have left against them. So if they can really capitalize against that, I think they might be a chance. But um, 38 games left for them, I think. Yeah, 38. Uh, with five games out, that's extremely difficult. But when you have all these teams that you're chasing, uh, it makes it even harder. Uh, it's seven teams, I believe. Uh, but I think the Jays were able to have a great week here. And nothing's really showed me that they are capable of doing it. But if they somehow do it, then uh I think we'll all be looking back in
0: it. So I'm giving them one week before I wanna call it over. Um yeah, you mentioned the uh six games they have. A big reason or big this you know, a big thing that caught my eye to say it's over. Um the next three games or against the Rays. And you know, you know the Jays troubles against the Rays, but they yeah, they recently won 3 out of 4 against them. Yeah, so the, the thing that doesn't get me too excited is is as well this is the uh the Rays, you know, they recently won 3 out of 4, but we all know uh the Jays have had troubles in their past years beating the Rays in Tampa Bay or in St. Petersburg at at the Trop. So, you know, if they if they lose 2 out of 3 or even if they get swept, that's below uh 5 games out of the wild card spot. And well, depending on everyone how how everyone uh, else does but just because the Rays are the team ahead of the Jays play a game it's definitely a, a big series but you know again they don't they have they have a lot of trouble in Tampa Bay against the Rays and that's a pretty big reason why I think it might be over just because of their struggles against uh, the Rays it's at the top.
2: Tr- yeah uh, I think mathematically like I mentioned just a go mathematically I, I believe that they're still in it which is facts I mean there's just- Five games out with thirty-eight to go. I mean, mathematically, it's still a possibility. But you look at the team day in and day out. I mean, you got Miguel Montero. You got Jose Bautista's having the worst year of his career. You're having, well, at least with the Jays, you're having Ryan Goins, Rob Snyder, Darwin Barney, Kevin Pilar's been terrible in the second half of the year. You have so many guys who are just really slumping. I mean, you you're done with uh, Donaldson, Smoke, and Pierce. Really, everyone's really been underperforming. All year, and a lot of that has to do with injury. Uh, and also, when you look at their rotation, um, you see guys like Nick Tepish and Chris Rowley. I mean, granted, well, we haven't talked about Chris Rowley and I'm just going to mention out there, last podcast, Chris Rowley had not made his debut. Uh, he's made two starts since then, and he's had been terrific in both those starts. Just a quick shout out to him. He's really been a fun pitcher to watch. He starts tonight against Chris Archer at Trop. But uh, Nick Teppish and Chris Rowley, both of them are really. Uh, unproven starters so uh, you have 60% of your rotation that's you know healthy and there. uh pitching obviously with the exception of Aaron Sanchez and Liriano who was traded uh, and the bullpen I mean we saw it with Roberto Suna that's now eight blown saves so when you have so many factors that are working against you uh, that five games with seven teams chasing feels like a lot worse than it actually really is because they just haven't shown that they can go on that kind of run that would need to get to the postseason.
1: Blue Jay Center, you and I were talking about, before we started the podcast, about 2014 and kind of the comparisons between where the Blue Jays are right now in the standings to 2014, and I really think that stands true. Like, in 2014, the team ended, I believe, a um, 5-13 win-loss percentage, uh, and they were really close the entire time. They never fell too far behind. They never went too far forward, Um, but they never struck. They, they never really heated up. They never really uh, threatened uh, to clinch a playoff spot, but they were in it till the very end. They only got eliminated uh, from postseason contention in the very few, few last days of the season. Um, and that kind of brings to mind uh, that season is brought to mind now when you look at what the Blue Jays are doing now. They're, they're in it. Uh, obviously, they did fall very far behind to start the season, but they are in it and they do have the potential to strike, but almost certainly they won't and it's kind of tough and it's kind of annoying like you wish they could have just fallen completely out of got contention got you know those first few draft picks um maybe traded for some good good prospects but they didn't because they're in it which is which is nice but at the same time it, it's not and it's it's kind of annoying but past that talking about uh kind of what i just mentioned a rebuild um not quite but kendry morales we were going to talk about that um I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, Blue Jays Center wanted to discuss uh, perhaps about trading him and how the Blue Jays can handle his contract going forward.
2: Uh, before I kick this off, uh, I want to just want to touch on your uh, talk about the 2014 team. Uh, that team, uh, I don't think that team was anywhere near as talented as this team was on opening day. I think that was just a team that, overplayed out of their minds because the previous year it was just a terrible season you know you had jose reyes you had mark burley josh johnson all those guys that were supposed to be good and they ended up having a terrible year i think 2014 was the year with zero expectations whatsoever and a lot of guys overperformed and edwin went out for six weeks they lost lind on the dl jose reyes missed some missed uh, considerable time i just think that that team just fell apart uh in late august because they just could not do it anymore they could not play to above their heads uh but just to touch up some recent history um i'll talk about the morales topic when the blue jays signed morales in this offseason the idea was that they can build a poor man's edwin after he oh, well, before he left for cleveland they moved on very fairly quickly uh i think the first day that edwin declined they signed him um but when you look at this year they also signed steve pierce uh as sort of sort of a uh Morales had limited experience at first base, uh, not the everyday player that Edwin can be. Um, but some way, somehow, Justin Smoke has really turned into a better a player that's having a better year than Edwin and Morales. Uh, I don't know where he came out. He's having a, a fantastic year, hitting well over 290 with an OPS, I think, of over 950. He's got 30-plus home runs, 80 RBIs. He's been exactly what the Blue Jays had hoped Kendrius Morales will be. Uh, if not better than that, I think definitely better than that. Uh, but you're looking at the, the squad next year. You really need Justin Smoke, Steve Pierce, and Kendrick Morales on the roster. I mean, Justin Smoke has sort of been uh, the Edwin of last year that Morales was supposed to replace. Uh, so I think by trading Kendris Morales, you're saving, I think, 22 or $25 million at your own for, him for the next two years. And by trading him, I, I mean. As in, I don't think you're going to get anything in return for him. I think you're just trading away his contract because I just don't think the Blue Jays need him. And don't get me wrong, I'm not. I'm not a Kendrys hater. Um, I, when they signed him, I specifically told all my followers that, yeah, he be because he's just simply not Edwin Encarnacion. He's not that kind of player. But he'll do what he's done. Um, he is what he is. As much as I hate to say that, that's what Kenry is. He he can field. He can not throw which he's a DH. He's a strictly a DH who is not having his greatest of years. He's hitting under 250 within, on base of just over 300. And he, I think he has like one home run in the past month or something like that. Um, it's just not been uh, a great year for him, but certainly not been a terrible year. Uh, and I'm just looking at the squad for next year. And do you really need a DH? I mean, you have a first baseman with Justin Smoke, uh, Steve Pierce, another guy who... Uh, it really, doesn't really look like a great signing now because of the signing of Pierce, When they signed, because of the emergence of Smoke. Uh, when they signed Pierce, they wanted him to be sort of a first baseman, uh, played the majority of the games at first base. But since Smoke took that over, he's played virtually no first base all year long. Uh, he was injured, and he's not a good left fielder. So uh, really, aside from the bat, you're not really getting much for him. So that's two guys in your roster, Pierce and Morales, that you're getting nothing Aside from the bat and I think by trading one of them, it would give the Jays a lot more flexibility, a lot less money that they'd have to owe, and possibly address some other areas of concern. Because I think that with the way Justin Soak explained, Kendrys Morales has really looked uh, magnified low down, magnifying down uh, to what everyone expected him to be. They've had they're not getting too upset about him because they've already got that Edwin replacement. So I just want to ask you guys where you stand uh, on this topic. Should they trade Pierce? Should they trade Morales? Me personally, I trade Morales because uh, you're giving up, uh, you're getting more money for him, and uh, Steve Pierce having a better year than Morales. Not to mention the fact that Pierce can play left field uh, for a good short-term option to 2018. Uh, so just again, where you guys stand on this topic?
0: Yeah, you were mentioning pretty much just uh, Kendrys Morales and you know his role coming into the season. But you nailed it about, you know, saying he can replace Edwin when, you know, really you can't replace Edwin. But uh, I guess he was, his s- supposed role was supposed to be someone that can be like Edwin. But the thing that I don't like about Kendries Morales and the thing that I don't like about players like Kendrick Morales who are strictly D- is I don't like people that – are I don't like players as much. I shouldn't say I dislike them. I don't like them as much. Just because they're one dimensional and like Blue Jay Center, you were saying he can't really field, he can't run. Like um the thing with Edwin that I remember and that everyone remembers is that he may be, you know, his primary position may be a DH, but yeah, so like the thing with Edwin is you know, he uh, when he's asked to play first base, he can get the job done. When yeah, when it comes to morales, he can't really do much other than DH. And one thing he's also been struggling with this year is he can't really hit the breaking ball, he can only hit fastballs. And obviously, that has something to do with his um, his down and His teams are pretty much just pitching less fastballs to him and more breaking balls, and yeah, he's definitely struggling to hit those uh, to hit a pitch that isn't a fastball. And yeah, when you when you said if the Jays should either trade uh, Steve Pierce or Kendrys Morales, yeah, and if you look at their contracts, I think Steve Pierce, um, I know he signed a two year deal. I think it's eleven mil or something. And Morales' deal was a three-year $33 million deal. So, yeah, they owe Morales, um, you know, $11 million for the next two years after this year. So if you trade Kendry's Morales, you obviously you have to hold in the DH spot. But you were mentioning uh, Blue Jay Center if the Jays really need a DH. I mean, obviously Morales, um, you know, he, he's definitely a good hitter. But if they want to, you know, uh, flip around the DH roles to certain people – like, next year, if you have Josh Donaldson and Troy Tulowitzki who's coming off a sprained ankle, maybe you DH and more and start players like Ryan Goins at shortstop. Uh, but if it came down to the two, I would I would probably trade Kendrys Morales just because of the, the left field hole again. But, you know, Ezekiel Carrera has done a tremendous job this season being the Jays' fourth outfielder. But right Now he's pretty much platooning with Nori Aoki for the fourth outfielder spot. But I would – I would probably trade Morales if it came down to one of the two, just because he has an extra year after 2018, which Pierce doesn't as next year, he will be a pending uh, free agent.
1: I think uh, to just preface my opinion on this, I should say that the Blue Jays signing of Kendrys Morales in the offices. And I don't think that was a bad signing. Obviously um, when you looked at that compared to Edwin and Carnacion's deal and how uh, low that was with the Indians and stuff, uh, In that sense, perhaps it wasn't the strongest, um, but if you ignore all that, I don't think it was a bad signing. Um, Steve Pierce. no one could have expected him to perform that well. Um, No one could have expected Justin Smoke at all to perform that well, Um, and I think the Blue Jays were just doing the best they could. They were just preparing for what they knew what was going to happen, for what they thought was going to happen, uh, and they they planned accordingly. Um, Still, uh, I think... The idea of trading Kenry Morales in the offseason is appealing. I certainly think there will be teams that are interested in him, which is obviously required if you want to trade a player for something in return. Uh, there needs to be uh, a, a need for that somewhere in baseball, obviously, probably in the American League, because he is a designate, designated hitter. Um, there, There is a need for a designated hitter somewhere in the American League. I don't know where specifically, but I'm sure there is. So, a team would want him and he has been good um it's just with the plethora of of that same type of players that that the Blue Jays have uh he he really isn't that useful to the Blue Jays and Steve Pierce, um his bat has been has been phenomenal this season he had, he struggled to stay healthy earlier in the season but now he's hitting his stride um and past that he can play multiple Positions defensively, left field and first base. Although we haven't seen him play first base this season. Um, uh, when you, even, when second, you, even second base too, on like an emergency, probably. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, uh, the options are a lot better with Pierce than Morales. So I definitely think you want to keep Pierce, straight Morales if you have to. Um, now whether they do, that's a different question. But i I wouldn't be opposed to the idea if it was brought up or if it happened.
2: Yeah, and uh, I just want to touch up on one more point. Uh, the DH really isn't a position anymore. I, I mean, when you look at all the DHs in the entire American League, uh, ever since Big Poppy retired, I mean, who's really a strictly a DH right now? I mean, you could look at Cruz in Seattle, but he can play the outfield. I mean, the DH really are basically players who just can't play the field anymore and they just want them for their bat. Uh, you don't really see uh, any player who just, you know, comes in to play baseball and says I'm a DH. That's my position. Uh, they're typically players who either are very poor defensively or cannot longer play defensively. That are DH, which um, that's basically what it is now. I mean, there's no really lifelong DHs in the league anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. The like the roles of Edgar Martinez, for example, or or David Ortiz, that type of player is kind of fading away from baseball. I think people are realizing that you don't need a committed player for that, really. You only need uh, another good hitting player who can play any position, and then you can DH him. Uh, So I think uh, that kind of plays a part in it, and, and really the Blue Jays just have a surplus of players who could fill that role, and they... Kendrys Morales really isn't involved in that. And you think if they got rid of Kendrys Morales, they would have an extra roster spot. Think of what they could have done this season with that. They could add another arm in the bullpen, and we just talked about how bad the bullpen is. Uh, Think about what they could do with that. Or catcher. They could have another catcher on the roster. Um, maybe potentially if they have another roster spot. This is completely hypothetical, but maybe they could have signed Deonor Navarro in the offseason. I think they could still sign him if he's still a free agent. I don't think he um, ever got signed. Uh, he's still out there. Yeah, yeah. He, he's um,
0: yeah. His wife or something is recovering. I think it was a stroke that happened in the offseason. So yeah, yeah he, I, I guess he took a year off to yeah. I read her, a piece yeah.
1: about that. I read a piece yeah. about that on Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like if they had another roster spot, you think about all these things they could have done. Uh, but. It's completely hypothetical, and obviously Morales hasn't been awful for the team. He's been pretty good for the team. Um, and he's provided a few wins.
2: They also have an extra roster spot and twenty-three million that they over for the next two years.
1: Yeah, and you think about what they could have done with that money.
0: Yeah, like you know, dumping salary. Yeah, it it just I mean, it it does it provides flexibility for sure if you considered getting rid of him but yeah you guys uh had very good points
1: so thank you for listening to this episode i'm mark cully from 360 blue jays news and bluebird banter as always uh thank you to everything blue jays and blue jays center for joining us uh blue jays nation might be back for next week i'm not sure if we don't really know probably not probably not yeah Yeah, probably uh but he might be and we we may have a special guest too uh but thank you for listening